Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Albion Obsessed podcast. We come to you on the back of a disappointing defeat against bottom of the table, Burnley. We have a lot to discuss today, but before we jump into the game, let's see who we've got on today. We have Chloe. Chloe, how are you, mate? Uh, yeah, I'm not too bad considering the abysmal performance I had to watch yesterday, but yeah, I'm good. Good. And may I just compliment you on your wonderful shirt? Thanks. Yeah, I decided after yesterday I needed to cheer myself up, so I bought this retro one in the shop, club shop after the game. Absolutely love it. Uh, Toby, mate, how are you doing? Ah. Uh... Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, I, I wasn't expecting to come on today. You know, I I had to let my frustrations go for a little bit. Um, but then, you know, duty calls. Uh, I had to turn up, and you know, you saw me after the Man United game, and and how how I said, you know, football does affect your mental health. And, and yeah, again today, I'm just I'm just not feeling good, mate. Because that was the worst I've ever felt at a Brighton game yesterday. Brutal. Well, let's hope this is going to be a cathartic experience for us all. And uh, finally, Aaron, good to have you back, mate. How are you doing? No. Bad. <laughs> uh, yes, I think nice and blunt. And nice and blunt, let's talk about it then. Um, that was probably the single worst performance that I have seen under Graham Potter as manager. I would go as far to say that that was on par with Bournemouth under Chris Hewton when we lost 5-0 and Cardiff where we lost 2-0. Now, I only say that because of who we were playing and it's, it sounds horrible and arrogant, but we were facing a bottom of the table Burnley side who are admittedly very hard to beat but have only won previously this season one other game. So... Let's jump into it. Now, you three were at the game and I wasn't. So your perspective will be very different from mine. Um, so let's begin. Now, from my perspective, Chloe, I, um, we didn't seem right from minute one in the stadium. Did you pick up on that? Um, yeah, I, I do think how we set up was just wrong. Um, I think the main reason for that is we don't actually have enough centre-backs. Obviously, we've got youngsters that we haven't really, aren't really proven in the Premier League. Um, so we had to set up with sort of a back four, but we've got Cucurella and Lamptey who are wing-backs rather than sort of um, old-fashioned right-backs, left-backs. Um, and it just looked very sort of, there didn't seem any real connects between the midfield and the sort of defence, they didn't really seem to know where to pass it a lot of the time. Um, so it was a lot of like wayward passing and just no real cohesion. Um, and also, um, yeah, I think it was quite similar to how we set up against Spurs. And I think we sort of had similar problems. Um, yeah, so it, it was just a case of really setting it up wrong, I think. And I think the midfield as well was too crowded. And I think Basuma likes a bit of space to sort of do his thing, you know. And he didn't really have that because we had so many players in that midfield, sort of a diamond, I think it was. So, yeah, that was just not very good. Yes, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Disjointed. Um, now, it's going on that point, Toby, in regards to how we set up. 
Uh, I'm inclined to agree with Chloe that we set up in a back four. Um, do you think that, I mean, I certainly got the impression that Lamptey and Kukurea were reluctant to get forward because of who was playing in central defence. Did you get that impression yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was, I, mean, I don't think it's his fault, but I thought it was Tarek Lamptey's worst game in a Brighton shirt. Um, I'll say that much. You know, every time he's on the pitch, I'm expecting him to be the man that that does something, gets past the defenders, you know, be the person that creates a little bit of spark for us, which I think we have lacked before having Tarek Lamptey in the team. Um, and yeah, he just could, he couldn't provide that. I think, as you say, the four at the back just meant that once he got to the halfway line, that was all he was allowed to do, it looked like, and, and he had to go back again. And it's rare to see Tarek Lamptey go back. I think a lot of the time, Tarek Lamptey gets to the halfway line and that's it, he's off, That he, he's turned on his jets. Um, so I think I think there is a serious problem with playing with the four at the back. And I, I don't think it's Graham Potter's way and I don't think we should do it anymore. Yep, I agree with that, Toby. Um, Aaron, I think um, I'm coming to you about this one because obviously we've had a few below par performances recently and they just also coincide with us playing four at the back. Do you think, and I already think I know your answer to this one, do you think selling Dan Byrne was a mistake? Do you think we should have brought someone in else in to replace him? I mean, if you're going to replace, if you're going to replace him, you, you, uh, sorry, if you're going to sign it, uh, sell him, sorry. You're going to have to replace him because if you want to play five at the back or three, three center halves, you need at least six center halves in total. That includes so we got Veltnam, Duffy, Dunk, Webster. That's it. We need at least another, at least with Burn, we had five, which, which, all right, was still plenty because you could still throw Roberts in there. But when you go down to four, Duffy suspended, sorry, Dunk suspended, Webster's injured, you've got Veltnam and Duffy, who I can't really remember playing that much together as a as a pair. With a in a three, maybe with Burn, but yeah, it just didn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um it restricts Lamptey, it restricts Kukre, like you guys have said already. It was just such a disjointed performance. It was literally like watching 90 minutes of Spurs away. Like the first half of Spurs, that's what it felt like. It just felt like ninety minutes of that. It was dreadful. And that's being polite. Yeah, thank you for being polite. We haven't had to use the E button yet, but I'm sure there will be time for that yet. as we go on. Yes, <laughs> yes, being the key word. Um, so yes, um, the news prior to the uh, well, the news prior to kickoff, once the team had been uh, announced, was that Adam Webster had unfortunately picked up a, another injury. Um, is he becoming a bit injury prone? Do you think, Toby? Is uh, I think this is what his third absence due to injury this season. Is this something we should be concerned about? I don't think so. I don't like you look at you look at any player's career. For example, one day in our team, Danny Welbeck, he's been sort of known to be injury prone, but I would say this season he, he's been there for quite a lot of it. I know he has been injured, but like, I don't think that when you sign a player or when you have a player, I don't think you you say, oh, he's not worth being here because of the injuries that he's got. I think it's 
a real shame. I don't think it's a long one. I think he's back for the next game already, which is on Saturday, I think, against Villa. Um, but I, I wouldn't be worried about the injuries, to be honest. I would be worried about, again, what Aaron said is losing Dan Byrne and not signing a replacement. You know, I remember saying in the group chat um, when Dan Byrne left, I said, you know what, he's, he's probably our most replaceable centre-back. But if you don't replace him, then it is a problem. And I think we are starting to see signs of uh, regret in selling him. Yeah, definitely. Um, just while we're on the subject of defence, um, Chloe, were you surprised that after perhaps the first half that we didn't bring on uh, Hayden Roberts to slot into the back and make a back three after it, it was quite plainly clear that for once again, a back four wasn't working? Um. See, the thing is with Hayden Roberts is I don't, he's not really Premier League proven at all. And obviously he's not going to get experience until he actually plays. But I don't know, it felt like dropping him in when we were, what, 2-0 down at that point. was probably not a lot he could have done. But I think any changes we made, we wanted to try and get back into the game and rather than adding to bolstering the defence. But um, also I noticed um, one thing I did notice is Duffy and Veltman started, I think, Duffy on the right and Veltman on the left, and they switched at one point. And we momentarily looked a bit better after they switched. Um, and I swear Veltman normally plays sort of like right centre back and Duffy more on the left. So I was a bit confused as to why they sort of started on opposite sides. But... Yeah. I don't know what the reason behind that was. It could have been anything, really. Yeah, I, I noticed that switch as well. I think um, there's a distant memory coming back to me now that Joel Veltman once said that he was as good with both feet. Um, so perhaps that's why they started him on the left. Um, but what have you. Um, Aaron, uh, Shane Duffy uh, yesterday was brought in, obviously, to cover for the injured Adam Webster. Now, I got into a bit of a discussion a spirited discussion on twitter with someone who claimed that shane duffy is better than lewis dunk um i won't <laughs> go into <laughs> uh yeah um that was my response as well um in your opinion and i know this has been discussed a lot um amongst fans but do you think shane duffy is a graham potter player No, and I will tell you for why. Um, I don't think Shane Duffy is more of a, a Chris Hutton type of player. He will be there to head things away, to getting you know get blocks in, make the clearances. Where Potter's players need that and a little bit more. They need to be good with their feet, can play out from the back be composed, make sensible decisions. Yesterday, it very much felt like I was watching Shane Duffy when he was at Celtic last year. He was making mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. Admittedly, I think he may have had our only shot on target, but other than that, that was probably one of the worst centre-half performances I've seen for a long, long time. Probably since burning its walls, but even then he was playing left wing back, so I can't really criticise Ben for that. 
Yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't the uh, the night the, the best game for Big Shane. And I think I'm just going to put it out there now. I do I do like Shane Duffy. I think he's been a great servant to the club. And I think when he plays alongside Dunk, he certainly looks more confident. Um, but Toby, how did it? What was it like when obviously? We um, in the I think it was in the middle of the first half. Shane Duffy and Big Bob Sanchez have a little coming together. I mean, what was the mood in the the stadium when that happened? Yeah, it was it was a strange one because when you're so used to the club being together and all the players always look like friends on the pitch. They always have really big like celebrations with each other. They're always you know they're always together. They always look friends. And then all of a sudden, one little mistake. I, I don't think Sanchez, you know, he didn't shout like keeper or anything as they as he went to grab the ball. And, and obviously Duffy's tried to go for it. So there's no communication from either of them. You know, you just, once the ball's clear, you just move on. And, and, and that's, that's football, you know. Sometimes a little mistake like that can happen. But they've allowed it to take over, let their emotions run high. They've sort of had the thing with each other. And then about two minutes later, the ball's come in over the top, as Burnley do. Shane Duffy's tried to leave it for the for Sanchez about 10 yards out the box. What's Sanchez going to do with that? He can't catch that. He, he's not going to come and header it out. You're the centre-back, mate. You've got to header it out. And listen, I, I love I love Shane. You know, I've, I've, see, I've met Shane several times and he's always been a great guy. You know, there's one night that we, you know, we were clubbing together, basically, because he came into my booth when it was my birthday. And it was, it was, that's that's why I love Shane. You know, he's he's such a great guy, but it's got to be said that that just just conceding a goal off the back of arguing with your teammate is never ever something you should do, and that that is the sole reason for that goal. And I will not let anyone else tell me why. That that is what cost us that goal, and and because he tried to leave it because yeah, and and that, and we'll get onto it later, but that in itself arguing with your teammate is worth booing because you that should never be that should never be a thing that's save that for the dressing room when you're after the game but yeah we'll, we'll get on to the booing obviously but yeah yeah definitely i think you're right toby i think you you know you save that for the dressing room you don't do it in front of the fans now aaron uh you're a goalkeeper um you, you know these mis- miscommunications these mishaps do happen what what's your take on it mate um, Sanchez does call for it to start with because I could hear him from where, um, uh, from my seat. Um, pathetic from Duffy, in my opinion, to react the way he did. Um, you do not, doesn't matter. I've, I've, right, I've bollocked my center half time and time again for exactly similar, same thing, and I would never expect them to come back and scream in my face like Duffy did and push Sanchez and basically square up to Sanchez. That's not what we do at this football club. We never have done. I honestly was so stunned when I saw that. And at that moment, I was like, we're not going to get any from this game. I was like, we're going to get battered. And then that mistake from Duffy... I've watched the highlights um, when I got in. And the, the second goal, why is Duffy leaving it for Sanchez? Where the fuck does he think he is? He doesn't. He, if he's in his own box, then yeah, fair enough. He's a good 15 yards away from his area. I do not understand why he's leaving that for Sanchez. I st- I do not get it. It, re- it honestly, it really, really annoyed me. I do I do not get it. And if, as a keeper, you make mistakes. I get that. And you know your defenders make mistakes. That's natural. 
but you you keep that shit in the dressing room. You don't go out screaming at each other in front of thousands of thousands of people, millions of watching on TV for the world to see. You keep that in in house. And if I was Potter, I'd find them both. I'd find them both two weeks' wages done, and say sort your stuff out or you're dropped. Start stealing goals. Sanchez has been crap the last couple of weeks as it is. Start stealing goals. You know, start Roberts. Say so if you want to act like children, you pay the pay the price. Yeah, definitely. I um, I don't know if you guys have watched the With Dean Years, um, the DVD. Um, there is a story. I think it's from the early years. It might have been under Mickey Adams. Is this when... the the uh, Mark McCammon, Mark McGee story where it's left on the bus or it gets kicked um, off the bus for kicking off? No, actually, it's not. Oh, it's, great story. Um... It is a great story. If you haven't seen it, uh, Brighton Hove Albion's fans, definitely watch the Within Years. It is all on the club's uh, YouTube channel, um, but it's it's well worth a watch. It's very good. Um, but anyway, there's this story where the Brighton team, I think they're away somewhere and they get absolutely tonked. So I think it was Mickey Adams. He um, brings them in the next day at the crack of dawn and he makes them run around, I think it's Preston Park, for 90 minutes. Um, and afterwards, he says that was the ninety minutes that you owed me. That's the ninety minutes you owed the fans. And that's what I would have done if I was Potter. And I did tweet that out because I thought, you know, it was a, a very disjointed performance, a very unprofessional performance, I believe, um, which is very, very unlike us. Um, then one last thing I probably will say about the defence because um, we have hammered them quite a lot already. Um, Chloe, I don't know if you did watch match of the day, but Alan Shearer said that the biggest problem for us yesterday was that we missed Adam Webster and Lewis Dunk's ability to pass the ball um, out from the back. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with, with that um, assessment. Also, I think they're both quite, there's a bit of leadership there from both of them, I think, in defence. And, you know, as seen by Duffy and Sanchez, there was clearly a sort of lack of any team spirit I guess on the pitch um who was actually captain after Lalana went off was it Duffy uh, I'm pretty sure he gave it to Duffy yeah which See, I, just... I honestly th- when I saw that I was like all right that's already checked out in my head that I was done for the night done for the day you yeah, should have gone to I someone mean, else to anybody else I don't know who it would have been because we didn't really have any sort of leaders on the pitch um but giving it to Duffy after that sort of incident was just a bit like eyebrow raising, I thought. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, leadership is another thing we really lacked yesterday. And um, obviously, yeah, they play it out from the back well, Webster and Dunk. So, yeah, we just missed them, I think. One of them or both of them would have yeah. improved us so much. Definitely. Um, so what I will say to you guys, I mean, hindsight is a wonderful thing. It, um, it's brilliant. But with hindsight, we can say this. Um, so I'm going to come to each of you and just ask you, if you were Graham Potter at half time, what changes would you have made? Um, Aaron, I'll start with you, mate. Would you have made changes? Would you have said, right, you've got 10 minutes. And after that 10 minutes, I'm going to start making sweeping changes. Or would have you have gone half time, right, you're off, you're off. and I'm going to bring on other people. Difficult one. <clears throat> um I think if you're going to make changes, you would probably would have done it. You, I think he'd done the right thing, actually, to be fair. You're giving it five minutes because he did make changes very quick in the second half um, and nothing changed. So as soon as that moment, he was like, right, I'll give you an opportunity to get off. And I think it was the right call. 
Um, if we didn't change to a five at the back or three at the back, <clears throat> and if we did, it was wasn't very well hidden. Because I swear, it, no one. It just looked like we were just playing a standard four at the back. But other than that, I, I can't really criticise Potter for his changes because if you look at the bench, there wasn't really a great deal on there that you say is game-changing. Game and at that point, you're 2-0 down. You know, you bring Trossard on, you bring March on. I didn't. I completely forgot Trossard was even on the pitch at one point. Um, he didn't really do a, a great deal when he was on, and he's meant to be, you know, the the sort of starter, you know, the... Uh, what's the one I'm looking for? The sort of the creative craftsman creativity in you know coming off the bench when you know granted he probably could have started but we just didn't we didn't even look like scoring even when we made the changes like we just lacked so much urgency like my girlfriend was with me yesterday she was saying the same thing like, you you have no urgency like it was literally just passing it around the back going to midfield turn turn again pass it back it was just very, very slow. And it was like that for, for, for 90 minutes. Well, I, I, admittedly, I was one of the fans that did leave early yesterday and I haven't left a home game for a long, long time that early. But there was just no point. There was no fight, no desire in anyone yesterday. Not a single soul can go, I left everything on that pitch yesterday. From the from the midfield, from the, the from Sanchez to the defence, midfield was atrocious. I thought Basuma was probably one of the worst I've ever seen him play in a long, long time. Christ, it looked like we had the Ryan Ince back in midfield when he was struggling, bless him. And it was just, it was just awful. The, the only person I thought actually done okay with what he'd done was Morpay. He didn't get a great deal, but he at least he ran. Fuck, it's all, you know, no one else did. And people, you know, I, I'm I'm critical of Morpay at the best of times, but he at least he ran and gave some sort of effort. Welbeck was atrocious. Basuma was atrocious. Lalana. Just does what Lanana does. He'd done okay, to be fair. Credit where credit is due. He tried to do something. It was the worst I've seen McAllister in a while. I'm not going to sit here and absolutely batter the starting or batter everyone in the eleven. But it was just so bad. Like there's not a single, like I said, single player and go. Yeah, I gave a really good account of myself today. No, you lost three nil to a team who have not won a league uh, away game all season. Have barely scored a goal in a, a single goal in a game they play, and they we. They take us to the Caners. They were superb. But for me, they were the second best team I've seen in the Amex this year. And to say that against, you know, but I would say Burnley were the second best team. Burnley. Burnley, who play Route One football, were the second best team I've seen at the Amex this year. Well, they just played us off the park. Like the first two or three minutes, I was thinking, oh, here we go. It's like Christ's sake. And there was I said uh, said to Ellie, I was like, no, we're not gonna, you know, we're we're struggling here. So like they're just all over us. We just didn't settle at all. Enough of my rant. Someone else can have a rant now. I'm done. <laughs> Thank you for your thoughts, Aaron. No, you're right, mate. As soon as uh, uh, Connor Roberts, I think, uh, right back, as soon as he hit the crossbar, uh, I knew that we were in for a long day. And as soon as uh, they scored, I knew that we weren't coming back. Um, but I, I put the same question to you now, Toby. Um would you have made any changes earlier than Potter did? Or do you think Potter did the right thing by keeping his team on and saying, you know, to do better? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Potter, if we're talking about trying to win the game, 
Potter did the right thing, I think, uh, waiting and seeing what happens at the first five minutes. As Aaron said, I'll, I'll echo that. But personally, what I would have done, and uh, you know, people may think I'm being overdramatic or whatever, but I would have made an example out of Duffy and Sanchez, and I would have brought on Roberts and Steele. And then if they want to publicly argue, let's publicly shame them and do that. Honestly, it's really not the Brighton way. I've never, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a Brighton team do that in front of me before. You know what I mean? It, you get you get the sort of squabble occasionally where it's oh you should have picked that one up, but that was that was very confrontational, and I I don't think anyone likes to see that, especially from your own team. Um, so yeah, in terms of winning the game, I think Potter did the right thing. I do think maybe changing to the five at the back but at the same time if you're already in this situation against Burnley maybe you just keep trying it because it's a good it's a good test I guess uh it didn't look like we were ever destined to win that game it didn't look like we ever had the chances or or any control over what happened so it was just just throw what you can at it and see what see what goes but listen one thing I said on the coach on the way back is I said I said to everyone it's a rainy day, it, you know, things things can affect the way your team plays football. Uh, bottom could beat top on a rainy day or, or any, any day. You know, it's the Premier League. Any team can beat any team, and I don't mind that. But as we keep saying, they've won one game all season. If we lose to them, yeah, sure, maybe we lose 1-0 and they get a bit lucky. But they've battered us 3-0 away. That's just, it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. And, and you look at the, the the fact they're arguing and stuff during it as well. It, it's so unacceptable. And, you know, I'm really glad because I would have been fuming if Potter had come out and said, oh, oh get some perspective, Brighton fans. You're booing us. Get some perspective. I would have been fuming if he had come out and said this because last time when people booed, I said, you know, Graham Potter has no right to talk to us about perspective or whatever if we want to progress as a club. Because I, I said it on the pod, you know, I, I didn't boo myself, nor did I boo yesterday. But I didn't agree with the booing earlier in the season. But I did agree with the booing yesterday because you, you can't you can't argue like that. It, it's it's just mind boggling how we've allowed this to happen and then capitulate into a three nil loss against bottom of the league. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll let I'll let Chloe go next because I I could go for hours. Thank you for your honesty, Toby. And uh, the same question then, Chloe. Were there game changes on the bench? Or uh, was it, as Aaron said, were we light and we just didn't have any spark to bring on? Um, I think bringing March on was good because I think he's obviously played that left wing-back role and sort of he allowed... He could help out with defending and he offers a bit more creativity as well. Um, so obviously... Um, but I did bring him on. Um, I can't remember when about in the game it was. It's all just a bit of a blur. I can't lie. Um, <laughs> it was not. Um, but yeah, I definitely think he offered something when he came on. <coughs> Sorry. Um, as for um, I was going to say something, but it's completely gone now. Um, what were you talking about earlier? Um. I don't agree with booing ever because I don't see how it can do any good. Obviously, Sanchez and Duffy, that was disgraceful. But I think you, the thing is with booing, you can't target it at someone. If you're booing, you're booing the entire team. And I just think 
it's never going to have a positive impact um and yeah i did think everyone was poor to be honest um i think mope is one of the only ones who actually looked like he was trying that's sort of the main thing um but i don't know i i would never i'd never boo that team to be honest um and I, I hate it when people, and I hated that the loudest Brighton fans were was when they were singing, I, I bloody Ashley Barnes. You booed him when he played for us and now he's playing for Burnley and you're singing his song. What the hell is that about? It's, I, I was, also I stayed to the end and I just cut the players off and it was weird because we started singing sort of when most people had gone and it was louder than the, it had been like the entire game. And I just think, I don't know, our fans are very poor at home and I think that's why we've got a worse home record than we do away because obviously our away support is exceptional and our home support is just not up to that standard. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a, a lot of discussion to be had about um, our home versus our away support. Um, let's get on to it. Let's go on to the booing um, because I know we've got some strong opinions. Um, what I would say as well... Um, at the halftime whistle, again, I say this is someone who wasn't there, so it's very hard for me to to get an accurate sort of, you know, understanding, a representation of what was happening. But I also got the impression that the ref was booed off at halftime. Um, there's an argument to be had that their second goal shouldn't have stood due to a foul on Veltman in the build-up. I think Cornet basically just drags him to the floor, um, but the referee said no foul. Um, so Aaron, you've got obviously you've got you got some strong opinions on the booze, but just coming to the ref really quickly. Um, do you think some of those booze were directed at the ref? And should that second goal have stood? Uh I think it was a mixture, to be honest. I think it was a mixture of booing the ref and booing the players. I for one was very, very frustrated yesterday and did boo. And that's very unlike me. I have to admit that is very unlike me. But it it felt to me, like I said earlier, no one gave a sh- no one cared, no one cared, no one no one cared yesterday. And that that's the thing what doesn't sit well with me. If there was actually a bit of fight, and we you know we get battered, but we actually done what we normally do, we actually tried up, actually put a bit of effort in. We're not booed. We're not booed in the slightest. Because I, I, like Chloe said, I don't think you can do much. But yesterday was incredibly frustrating. They lacked anything yesterday. No fight, no desire. You play for the badge. No one was doing that. Just no one really cared. Um, and to go to, with the ref, well, it's Kevin Friend. Um, so we we're not going to get anything from him. He's an absolute clown. Uh. Words I would like to use stronger, but I won't. Um, he, he's probably one of the worst refs I have probably ever seen in the Premier League. It's I think worth, I'd rather Tuesday, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I will not use it because it's, it's, a, it's a very bad word, but um, that's what he is. Um, the fact he's still refing in the Premier League is an absolute joke. It's nothing, he's not the reason why we lost. I will point out he's definitely not the reason why we lost, but. The decisions, Lord have mercy, there were some bad ones yesterday. I remember there was one point Lamptey gets taken off the ball, off the ball, and he just stands there like, "Now get up, 
It's like you can clearly see he's just been taken out off the ball, and you're like, no, he's fine, get up. A little touch on uh, Jack Court goes down like a sack of crap. Oh, foul. Every time. And if you have a standard refereeing like that in the Premier League, what is the point? Like, what is the point? Because I'm sure chap refs in the lo- like championship, League One, they'll be thinking, oh, you know, you know, I want to, I want to ref in the, the big time. You know, I want to be a Premier League ref. But that's not the way to do it. Because they, they, he, he cannot ref. He's not good enough anymore. He's like my, uh, Lee Mason, that West Brom game in the, in, uh, in the League Cup years back. He knew he wasn't good enough, called it a day. That's what Kevin Friend needs to do. He's an absolute joke of a referee. He need the the FA need to look at that next year. Not just him. There's several in the Premier League they need to look at and go. You're not fit to referee in this division anymore. Neither are you. But then where do you put them? Because I'm feeling the teams in the Championship to take them. Where do you where do you put them? There's nowhere to put them. And it's not it's not fair, not for in the lower league teams to to get them. Just say you're done. Just say you, you can't, you cannot ref at this level anymore. It didn't affect the game at all, um, as in the the results. Sorry, not the game. But I think it was like you said before the second goal. That's a stonewall penny. All day long, that's a stonewall penny. Because you can see him pull. I can't remember. I can't remember who it was on the far end. But you can see him physically go move. From and we're in the north stand. It's a penalty. I don't understand why VR and I looked at it and go, no, that's a penalty. Like there was two at Arsenal yesterday. Stone, both of them, Stonewall penalties. Granted, it was Arsenal, it was funny. But it's it's consistency. Consistency is not there with VAR. It wasn't there before VAR. The whole point of VAR is to make it fair and consistent. There isn't any of that. I do not get VAR when it's used in the Premier League cannot work. It struggles. Why, I don't know. Put it in the Champions League, put it in the World Cup and Euros. It was perfect because it was done bang, bang. Quick decision done. But whoever's on the end, who whoever's on the end of the VAR, as in you know, making the decisions, they don't want to piss off their friends. Don't want to piss off the other rest. Going, Actually, no, I think you may have made, made a mistake. It's all, oh, no, no, it's fine. No, you're all good. No, stick with your original decision. It's wrong, but it's fine. We'll stick with it. What's the point? There's That, is, that makes it all worse. It, I just do not get it. I do not. I, I love the concept of VR. VR should work perfectly when it's used well, but it doesn't work. And the refs are too refs are too like that. So yesterday, I think, and to be fair, yesterday and uh, Tuesday to me really cemented how how crap the official officiating is in this this league now. Never used to be. We used to have some good refs back in the day. Credit where credit due. A lot of people don't like Mike Dean, but he's a, he's a good ref. He's a bit dramatic, but he can. He's a good ref. He's probably one of the best we've got now. Him and Michael Oliver. How concerning is that? Like how concerning are those two are probably the best refs we've got. When we used to have Mark Catterberg, granted he used to be in United's back pocket, but at least he was consistent. Oh uh, yeah, we had we had this conversation after Man United, didn't we, Toby, about the consistency of approach or the lack of consistency. Um, and I'll come to you again, mate. Um, what were you, what was your views on the refereeing yesterday? I mean, um, was it as bad as Aaron suggesting or, or was it just one of those days? Yeah. Listen, listen, everything Aaron's just said there. Um, 
the refereeing standard is so poor. I said it last time. There needs to be a full restructure. It's so, so poor. Um, I'm sure you've probably seen viral clip on Twitter yesterday after Tottenham scored in the 95th minute. Fourth official Craig Pawson turns around and like throws his hands to the floor, like looking all upset. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend you go and seek it out. You can tell he's visibly upset that Tottenham have scored in the 95th minute to win the game. And and you can see he's got basically the same reaction as Pep Guardiola. Um, the thing is, I, when we were in the championship and we had a bad refereeing decision or a bad refereeing game and we lost the game and it felt like it was because of it, I would come home and I, I would be livid. I would be like hot-headed. I'd be like, how has the ref been allowed to settle this game against us? It's, it's completely biased um, against us. And I'd be hot-headed. But I just can't get like that anymore because it's the standard now. How am I going to let myself get worked up over something that happens every fucking week in every fucking Premier League game? It's it's so I'm sorry, but you you ask any fan of the twenty Premier League teams if they're not top six, they're going to fucking tell you that the refereeing is shit in this league. And I'm sorry, we might have to start blurring out some words, but this this is fucking dreadful at this point, Tom. I, how many times we we come on this podcast every fucking week and we talk about another controversial fucking decision, whether it's for or against us, two offsides against Leicester that we scored. That was arguable. We, we, you know, I can think of back to 99% of our games. There's a fucking decision that something's got to be talked about. It, it, listen, I'm going to get that tinfoil hat. I was looking around because I'm certain yes. there's been an Easter egg in here at some point. Uh, there was some tinfoil. <laughs> I was trying to get it and build a little hat. But listen, mate, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. And when will it stop? Because VAR has come in and it was meant to be this whole big new thing. And and to be honest, it's been a failure in the Premier League, as Aaron said. And I'm, I know I'm echoing what he said, but I'm just, I'm really fucking worked up at this point because I'm not talking about yesterday. That Again, it didn't, it didn't change the result, as Aaron said. But I'm talking about for the next... I forget how many games, like 15 games or whatever. I know there's going to be some more bullshit. Yeah, I'll, I'll let someone else speak again. <laughs> and breathe. <laughs> no, um, it's very, very frustrating. As you both have said, the refereeing yesterday wouldn't have changed the game, um, but it would have been nice to have had some consistency. I feel like we could rant and rave about yesterday's performance until the cows come home. Um, but we're, you know, Toby, you've got work in a bit, so um, <laughs> it wouldn't be fair for us to keep going on about yesterday. What I will say, Burnley were the better team. If you were an alien and you came down to earth and you watched the game of football and someone said to you, one of these teams is at the bottom of the table, the other team is in the top 10, you would presume that Burnley were the top 10 side and we were the bottom side. Um we were disjointed, we were sloppy, we were poor. And it for me, I was quite I found it quite refreshing that Graham Potter came out after that performance and Adam Lalana and they owned up to that. None of this, or oh, we'll take the positives, because there were none. It was this was a poor performance. Um my own two cents on the matter is I would have played Roberts and gone for a back five uh, very early on, earlier than we saw. Um but as you say, Chloe, inexperienced. But if you if you if he's he's if he's on the bench and we're not doing well, put him on. You know what have you got to lose? Um, so let's look ahead then uh, to the game against Aston Villa at the weekend. Aston Villa uh, they lost themselves yesterday to Watford one uh, 0 Now I've got a controversial opinion on Aston Villa just to get you all angrier than you already are. 
Uh, my controversial opinion is this. I think I've already told you this guys before, but I'll tell you again, just in case you've forgotten or blocked out your memory. I think for me, bearing in mind where I live, I think for me, the Ast Brighton versus Aston Villa is a bigger game than Brighton Crystal Palace because of where I live. So Chloe's looking at me going, what the hell is he on about? So I, and Aaron's left. So remember, listeners, you're, your boy Tom here, he lives in the black country, lived in the West Midlands. I'm surrounded by Villa fans. I need this for bragging rights. I need to go back to work on Monday because I'm at half term at the moment. I need to go back to work on Monday with my head held high going, we beat you, we beat you. If I don't, bearing in mind I'm a teacher and I'm surrounded by kids who also support Villa, I'm in for a hell of a rubbish Monday morning. So I need us to beat Villa. And that is why uh, it is a bigger game for me than Crystal Palace. Only by like that much. Okay. I hate there, there, there's so many things that that need to be just sort of covered with that. Uh, okay, I, I get the bragging rights bit. I get that, but to say it's for you bigger than our game with our arch ne nemesis is 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 mad to me. Like th that game means more to me than anything, anything in the world. Like if we lost to them, that'd be me in a horrible mood all week. As you know. Till we play them again, to be brutally honest with you. Like it that the game last year at the Amex, I don't know, I've don't know if I said this before, but I remember watching it and seeing Benteke score, and I stood up and just, just slumped against the wall. I, I just could not believe it. And then the full time whistle went just went upstairs, sat in a dark room for about six hours to about two o'clock when I thought I'd better go to bed. And then woke up the next morning. Just like, what's the point? It's like I don't, I can't even think about anything else other than yet last night. Like, like, like Toby said earlier at the start of the pod, like football does affect affect your mental health, and that game, not even that game actually, this team is going to kill me one day, either by a heart attack or just limbs in the away, and I'm going to end up snapping my neck. That's, that's what's going to that's what's going to happen. It's, it's going to be one way or the other. It's not going to be it's not going to be a good thing or a bad thing. It's, that's what's going to happen. And that will be Brighton and Hove Football Club will be the death of me, and I blame my dad for that. I will blame my dad for that till the cows come home, but I wouldn't have it any other way. But I get the bragging rights bit, but then again, for me, it's very similar. I work with a couple of Crystal Palace fans. Um, I was working with one Saturday morning, and he was saying that you know they're going to batter Chelsea, and I was like, yeah, it's fine. We're going to batter Burnley. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I already got a message from him Saturday Saturday evening. Just a smiley face, so I blocked him. Um, so I'll deal with that on Monday. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah that game to me must personally means more than anything to me. But I get I get the bracket rights. Don't worry, listeners. You can at me at Exiled Seagull, and you can tell me how wrong I am. <laughs> but moving on, um, after a disappointing game against Burnley, Toby. What do you want to see Graham Potter get out of those players against Villa on Saturday? Um, what Aaron said, first of all, is I I would I drop I drop Sanchez and, and Duffy because I think Steele's a good keeper and I think he's done a job in the Prem for us before, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he played um, against uh, Villa earlier in the season, actually. Yeah, so I you know I'm I'm happy to to keep 
to give Steele a go. Um, I think he deserves it. You know, he's it, like it, it, Sanchez doesn't deserve another go. Duffy doesn't deserve another go. So I'd I'd have back three: Roberts, Webster. I think Webster's back. I think they said he's back. Uh, Roberts, Webster, Veltman, and then uh, the, what's the harm? What's the harm in that? Because I don't think that if Duffy's head's gone, I don't think he's going to be much better. Uh, that will give the creative freedom back to Cucurella and Lamptey, which I think we really, really require. Uh, I think that's why Dunk's so good, because he's basically as good as two defenders. That allows us to basically play four at the back and have Tarek Lamptey and Cucurella running up the wings. Um, I'd like to see Basuma dropped. I think a lot of what people were saying is that maybe he's had his head turned by the cash, um, especially playing against his potential potential future club um, drop him against Villa I would a lot of people are shouting for Caicedo I think it might be a bit too early for him I would go Steven Alzate um, I think he hasn't had enough chances this season for how good he's been in the in the past for us especially under Graham Potter um, nothing wrong with um, Mope and McAllister either they they both looked like they might have been able to provide something yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, it just it never really fell for us. Um, so that's sort of the shape that I would be thinking of, is is to have those the five at the back again, but have, have those different midfielders as well and, and um, drop, drop Sanchez and Duffy. Yep, I think uh, good shouts there, Toby. Uh, Chloe, same question to you, mate. What changes, if any, would you like to see Graham Potter bring in for our game against Villa? Um, yeah, I mean, same really. To be honest, I think if, as long as we do, as long as Webster is back and we can afford to drop Buffy whilst playing a back three, um, yeah, I would definitely consider that. Um, because I think it would just teach them a lesson, I guess. Um, and Basuma hasn't had a good few games and I Alzate was so good for us in those few games when Basuma was at AFCON um so I was really quite confused when he can he was just dropped against I think it was Spurs um when we started the Lana and Gross I was thinking why why isn't Alzate in there you know he's he's done a job before um so yeah I would love I'd love to see Alzate start um and yeah, up front maybe I would consider Trossard for um Welbeck and then you've got Welbeck as a, a substitute option to bring on. Um I think they just work better like Trossard works better as a starter and Welbeck sometimes seems better when he actually comes on rather than playing that ninety minutes. Um or switch to a front three because I think um some of our best games attacking wise have been when we've had Trossard. Mope and Welbeck up front. Um, then that might be a bit too um, attacking, especially if we go with the back five as well. It's not really much midfield there. No midfield, just vibes. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Aaron, same question to you, mate. Changes for Villa. Um, I feel like you two may have forgotten that Dunk's back. <laughs> I feel like you two may have forgotten that. Yeah, so, no, yeah. Uh, I, he is after his suspension. I would probably not play Roberts personally for that. Uh I would definitely drop Basuma. 
Uh, and I would also drop Welbeck. Uh, see, now I don't know why. I've never been a particularly big lover of Zati. I don't know why. I just, I've never been a big fan. Um, so I would give Caicedo a go because if he's a natural replacement for Basuma, why not? Why not give give him a go? Got nothing to lose, um, other than three points. Um, and then yeah, Trossard for Welbeck. And then other than that, I think the the team, the core of the team, probably needs to realistically stay the same. The only other change potentially, like I said earlier, was drop Sanchez in play still but that uh, that's obviously a, a pretty big risk in the, really but they need to be they need, something needs to be done about that so that's in my opinion the best way to drop them in my personal opinion so drop yeah. duffy drop drop duffy drop uh drop sanchez and basuma and welbeck so make make four changes and then bring in uh we'll bring back dunk and then Sterling Gold Dunk when Caicedo in midfield for Basuma and then Trossard up front for Welbeck. But other than that, I think Villa is always a difficult game as it is because as much as I hate to say it, they they're starting to build something at Villa Park. You say um, that, but they've lost seven. Yeah, one in seven or something like you've that. Got, you, the thing you look at look at their performances, they're not actually been all horrendous performances. Like they, they yesterday from what I from what I read, they actually battered Watford, but they just couldn't score. Uh, admittedly, they had one shot on target from like yeah, it does, doesn't it? They had one shot on target up from like twenty eight shots or something ridiculous like that. So that does sound very familiar. Um, but they said they 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 done okay, and we just we just got up our game. We just got up our games next week. Um, it's literally as simple as that. You you up it by sort of 50 60 percent from what it was yesterday and you know we're we're back to hopefully a good performance but if it yeah. if it doesn't if if we turn up like the mentality that there's nothing left of the season we're mid-table we're not going down realistically we're not going to get europe that then we'll then we'll lose then we'll lose nine times out of ten in most games in this league you know we've got a horrible march coming up and the games where you looked at where we need to win would have been Burnley, would have been probably you wouldn't really count Villa or Newcastle now for for to be honest because Newcastle in a good run of form. Annoyingly, um, I wonder why they're in a good run of form. I wonder why that is. <laughs> hmm. Could be because of your mate, Big Dan Burn. Yeah, it, it, it could very well have something to do with that. Um, and then yeah, March itself looks grim, and they've got. City, is it City, Spurs, Liverpool within one week? Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, going to be... What was that, Chloe? Uh, City, um, if they beat Pre- Peterborough, then our game against them will be postponed for... Oh, LA. Okay, that's, I suppose that's good news. If they beat Peterborough, of if course. They... <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, true. Fair enough. If they beat... Of course, in the FA Cup, I wonder what that feels like. Um, but uh, yeah, roll on Saturday. It can't, it honestly can't come quick enough. It's a shame we don't have a game Tuesday because we need to get yesterday out of our system. I think we all do, players and fans, because I'm still triggered. Christ, I'm triggered big time. Like, I wasn't yeah. even that bad. I wasn't even that bad last night. Last night, I was disappointed. 
Actually, no, that's a lie. I wasn't angry. I was disappointed. And now, Tom, you probably said that a lot, a lot at school. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed in you. It's and true. That, I do. Yeah. And that, that's the worst you could be. And I woke up this morning. I was getting ready, getting ready for this this afternoon. And I was watching something on TV with Ellie. And I was like, just something got very triggered. Very triggered all of a sudden. And I was like, getting flashbacks of the game. I was like, no, nah, I'm angry. I'm angry now. Like, the disappointment has turned to anger. And I think if you haven't woke up this morning reflecting on yesterday and not feeling angry, then why? Why are you not feeling angry? Because you can't accept that performance yesterday. You cannot. And I will put it into perspective. We are ninth in the Premier League. We are ninth. Like I, I sometimes forget how high up we are. But if that was last year, when we're or a couple of years back when we were fighting relegation, that performance would be not would be expected. Not not uh, accepted, but sort of expected. But you, the way we are now, you expect us to perform better. Some, uh, granted, I forget we're so high up in the we're so high up. We're ninth, but for us, it, it's it's high. And I think with that, the my expectations have gone probably a little bit higher than they probably should have done. I maybe have to remember where we've come from. Sometimes I'm guilty as that. I think everyone on the pod sometimes guilty as that. Fans listening will be guilty of that, thinking, well, you know, why are we not battering teams like Burnley? They've been an established Premier League team for longer than we have. They have a manager who plays a unique style of football and somehow keeps them up year after year after year. On a shoestring budget as well. Yeah, I was was about to say, literally no money whatsoever. And I think sometimes there is no easy game in the Premier League. Never. You look at Norwich yesterday. They took the lead at they took the lead at Anfield. You know, granted they did go on to lose, but you would have thought Norwich would have got battered five six nil. But you can go to toe to toe with anyone in this league. It all depends on the mentality of that. Of you can go and beat anyone, which we have we've had had this year. We can go. We're not scared of playing teams. But yesterday it just didn't seem like we we didn't turn up. We were a bit scared to play our football. Yeah, I'm a bit scared to actually do simple things. Yeah, and sorry, it, I'm, I'm ranting on them. Ranting no, sorry, man. I just, um, you're right because it's one of those things that in this league you can't rock up at sixty percent and expect to win. It's just not how this league works. Now, uh, Joe's in the uh, the background doing the producing for today's episode, and he just put a comment on the little stream here that says, "Tom, can you tell us how teacher Tom would approach the players after the performance yesterday?" So, um, I would have used that phrase, "Boys, I'm disappointed." really disappointed and personally i would wield the axe i would say right you're dropped and you're dropped i would drop sanchez i'd drop duffy i'd drop basuma and it wouldn't hurt either of them to you know any of them to go on the bench um i think when you're a manager and i know potter will know this far better than me but you've got to be brave and if players aren't performing they need to know that there are players that will come and take their place alzate was excellent against chelsea and there's no reason why he can't come in and perform the Basuma role again. I think for a long time, fans have been very much under this impression that Basuma is the linchpin um, in our team. And I think yesterday showed that he's not. I think Webster and Dunk are far, far more important than Basuma is. Yes, Basuma is an excellent player on his day. But a performance like that? No, I'd drop him. I'd put, uh, I'd put Casado or Alzate there. 
and it would make it very plainly clear that you've got to play your way back into this team. Um, I wouldn't like I wouldn't berate them because as as you say, Chloe, booing, berating, negative reinforcement doesn't really work. It's all about positive reinforcement, bringing them, you know, back to them, you know, back into themselves. But again, I'd say you've got to play your way into into the team. And if I don't see that in training this week, you're not starting against Villa because Villa, as you say, Aaron, they're going to be a tough team to beat. They're not in the best run of form, but neither will Burnley. And I'm going to give massive credit to Burnley because they're an unpopular team. No one gives them credit. But yesterday, they outthought, they outfought, and they out, they beat us from minute one. They were excellent. And I've had so many Burnley fans at me on Twitter saying, it's all right, you'll be fine. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, this is bottom of the table, Burnley, saying that it's going to be all right. <laughs> so yeah, um, Something went very, very wrong if that happened. Jeez. Yeah, thank you, Burnley fans. I- I'm okay, and I know we'll be okay. Um, best of luck to the rest of the season for you. Um, but no, I I want a response on Saturday against Villa. I dem- as Potter, I would be demanding one. And if there was no response, I'd be telling their parents. So, Joe, that's what I would do. As teacher Tom, I would be telling their mums and dads. <laughs> and I would say, I expect better. Um, so, yes. Uh, that's this is where it's uh, like a parents evening with you, Tom. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I'll be terrified <laughs> as one of your kids. Good God! No, I'm a, I'm a great. I'm I'm really nice. I'm a great teacher. I'm really. Friendly. No, I'm not. I'm not dying there. I'm not dying there. <laughs> but it'd be it'd be the telling the parents that I'd be scared of. It's high standards. High standards is what makes children work hard at school. And I dare say Potter's high standards and any good football manager and football coach's high standards are what keeps making the players aim higher every single every single week in training. Um, and we've said it before, we said it when Matty Ryan was number one here, the fact that there was no competition for that jersey um, and we eventually saw the decline in his performances. And I think Sanchez needs to know that, yes, he's the number one, but if he keeps putting in poor performances like he has been, then Steele's going to get the, you know, Steele's going to get his chance. Um, so, yeah, that's my two cents. Um, but anyway, we've gone on for a good hour. It's been a very cathartic hour. I hope the listeners have found our rants and ravings um, interesting and cathartic themselves. Um, I'd like to thank Chloe, Aaron and Toby for joining us on this great and grisly uh, Sunday. It is Sunday. It is Sunday, blimey. Um, and I hope you all have a wonderful week and we will see you next time on the Albion Obsessed podcast. And let's hope that we have a better game against Villa. Take it easy, guys. See you later. Bye-bye.